This episode of the Eclectic Gamers Podcast is brought to you by the Roanoke Pinball Museum in Roanoke, Virginia. The Roanoke Pinball Museum is an interactive museum dedicated to the science and history of pinball. Their mission is to cultivate curiosity in science, art, and history through pinball while preserving and honoring its role in American culture. The museum is open every day except Monday and houses over 65 machines with models ranging from 1932 to 2018. Roanoke Pinball Museum. And now, the weather. Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, December 27th. This is episode 131. I'm Tony. And I'm Dennis. And for those that have listened to the introduction before the real introduction, which is, of course, this introduction, they have heard the final Roanoke Pinball Museum ad. For those that don't remember, we've been running Roanoke Pinball Museum ads for over a year, actually, now. I figured we'd just do it throughout the calendar year for convenience. And this is our last 2020 episode. And that was, of course, in exchange for the glorious surprise gift that was Campus Queen to Tony. Yes. And which I'll, I'll give you a little hint mm-hmm. right off the front. That's my game of the year 2020 because it's the only one I can remember playing. <gasps> Whoa, yes, yeah, right. Hey, you could write that in for EM on that Hall of Fame category on the on the Pinball Industry Awards. Oh, that's valid. Yeah, I there, will do that. It's, it's a write in for EM. That's right. All the EM fans are, are furious, and I understand. So. Because it's like yeah, everyone got, have everyone else got drop downs and categories and EM. No, no, they must crawl in the dirt. We 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 can't pull up the top 100 EMs and just put them into the drop down with everything else. That doesn't make sense. Well, if it was done like everything else, then it actually would have to be all like all the EMs. If we followed the same rule, was sort of the problem. I think I don't know. I didn't oh, work on that aspect. Like, like, I wasn't like, really like concerned all with the Hall of Fame. ever. So anyway. And- that would be annoying just for trying to scroll through the drop down. It's pretty painful to like scroll through the 80s and 90s because they're by decade. And it's just, I mean, there's a, even with a, you do like a 500 game production requirement. Well, most of them reached that. So it's like, it's, you know, everything's in there is what it feels like. But, uh, wow. But hey, it was a, it's a really interesting, comprehensive effort. Uh, you know, this being COVID year in 2020, a lot of locations have closed. I'm not going to say that Roanoke remains open solely because of our advertising, but probably. We like to believe that. We do. Also because they're awesome. Yes. So if uh, any other entities would like us to save them, uh, you can contact Tony for his game list. <laughs> So what's been going on, Tony? Well, I think I, this is I our think year in review episode. First. I'm, I'm kind of out of room. No, you'll make more room. There's always room. There's room for yeah. Jello and there's room for Pimble. Well, I already tried the argument that we need to get the kids bunk beds and move them into one room so I can have a ro- another room. That could bring them closer together and, as I know as siblings. It, it, it seemed like a really good idea to me, but um, I was outvoted uh, three to one. Hmm. So, yeah. I flat lost that one. That's unfortunate. But, you know, we can't always win all our arguments, unfortunately. No. On the other hand, we could I, 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 we, I could take over and rule with an iron fist and just do it. Mm. That's true. Be- begging for forgiveness is easier than asking for permission. Right. Yeah. No, I'm sure that would 
blow up in my face real bad. No way. <laughs> well, I have uh, I finished Cyberpunk, so that's what I've been doing the last couple weeks. I have not. I'm still in the first section because not like the not like the learn to play section, but the first act mainly because I found a new YouTube channel uh, that is all about uh, it's a, another lore channel. I watch a lot of lore channels and this one's uh, a Battletech lore channel and the guy who hosted I really enjoy so I kind of binged pretty much well the, the entire direct Battletech lore section plus a couple other of the playlist on that channel over the course of the last like two weeks and uh cyberpunk required too much attention while playing so i've been playing other less uh pay attention to style games more idle style games while i've been burning through hours and hours and hours and hours of uh playlists mm. Yes. Yeah, that is true. It does. Uh, there's a lot of story in Cyberpunk. So I got into a lot more side missions that actually did a better job telling about things. And uh, I had 14 crashes total. Well, no, 15, actually. I had my 15th crash was while the credits were rolling. I've never had that <laughs> happen before. So I had to restart the credits. Um, and But only two of those crashes, including that 15th, happened after the second 15 gigabyte patch that came out just a few days ago. But I have other stuff I need to do. I can't keep just sitting there waiting for CD Projekt Red to clean up their act. So it's like, let's get through it. Let's move on. And uh, yeah, it was all right. I I liked uh, I liked parts of it, and in other parts of it, I thought were pretty pedestrian. But now I'm playing Code Vein, which is a 2019 game uh, from uh, Bandai Namco, I believe. As someone described it to me as uh, Weeb Dark Souls. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah, the mechanics are very Dark Souls oriented. A lot of pattern stuff. You die, you have to pick, go back and pick up your currency, which you use both for leveling and buying and upgrading items. So it's very important to you. Um, very confusing game. And it is very anime. So I, I see, I see where the weeb remark came from. Uh, but that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. I've been, like I said, I've been playing the more idly games, but that includes, I just picked it up on the Steam Winter Sale. Uh, I have been playing the fourth edition of Creeper World. And those games, if you've never played a Creeper World game, there are, there are obviously four of them. Uh, most of them are very cheap at this point, uh, other than the fourth one, because it came out like three weeks ago. Uh, but it's one of those games where you are basically just trying to, uh, how do I put it? Basically, there's a giant flood of li uh, of alien monstrous nano liquid moving around, and you're trying to kill it mm. and survive type game. Okay. So it, it's one of those games that doesn't require nearly the kind of attention that a cyberpunk does or any of those other big story-driven games do, but yep, that's what I've been doing. 
Okay, well, we do have a little bit of news in both pinball and video games, uh, and then otherwise, we're really just going to talk a little bit about year-end review stuff, and I don't expect this to be an overly bloated episode, but we'll see how it goes, and going on into pinball, uh, let's go ahead and start with a few of the news items. Uh, first thing I'll go ahead and announce is uh, the Pinball Industry Awards, which the Pinball Network, which I'm affiliated with, and I did help put these together. Uh, announced a few days ago. I have a link in the show notes to the website so people can read up on it and those that are interested in participating can participate with it. This is not a people's choice award. It's, well, it's in three chunks, which doesn't help in explaining <laughs> it, as I was explaining to Tony earlier, because yeah. I think it's, I think we, we, uh, we made it a little confusing, uh, other than on the website where it's spelled out pretty well. It's really hard to elevate or pitch it. So. As you know, Tony, and I think as I've commented on this podcast for years now, I'm a big fan of Critics' Choice Awards, and I think Pinball deserved to have a Critics' Choice Award. And I enjoy participating in People's Choice Awards like the Twippies. Uh, this is not a competitor to the Twippies. It's not trying to replace the Twippies. It's just a different flavor of award, just like we see in the other hobbies we participate in. Lots of different types of awards exist. It's not, in my mind, a big deal. It's just supposed to be for fun. So... The main awards, what I consider the Pinball Industry Awards, the Critics Awards, those are the ones that are being voted on by a panel of judges from the media. And these are all about selecting games. So it's awards for the industry from pinball media. And that can be people who write articles, people who record podcasts, people who stream, and people who do videos, like on YouTube. And the website has all the details in terms of who qualifies, but those that are interested, I think the deadline's the 30th. You go and you request a ballot, and then a few days uh, into January, the ballot will go out, and those individuals will vote, and that's the critic choice aspect. That's the part I'm interested in. So separate from that, though, but as a part of the overall package, there are a couple of other items. One is that uh, a Hall of Fame, and that is open to the public. That's not voting for 2020 stuff, but it's sort of games grouped by decade. And then I, as I was joking, the poor little EMs are stuck with a right hand. Uh, <laughs> and so that's just to let the people kind of decide to, if they want to say, hey, what was like the best uh, game from the 80s or the best game from the 90s and sort of do sort of some uh, inductees. I don't, you know, it's not to my knowledge, where I'm excited, who would you send them to? It's not like we're sending them awards or anything. It's just a for fun thing that we decided to add on. And then the third thing is what I, what are called the excellence awards, or I usually, to clarify it, I call the TPN excellence awards. That's not awards designed to go to TPN people, but that's what TPN folks who are members of the pinball network will be able to nominate people for. That's not about games. It's about people. That what, that third piece there is high, is at least in my view, highly experimental. We don't know if it's going to work and people are going to hate the format of it. The idea in that, though, is that it's not about having a winner of each category. It can go to multiple people. You don't have to give one out. And like if you didn't think anyone did a good job writing, you don't have to. Sorry to insult everyone, but you don't have to give one out, that sort of thing. So anyway, so three very different concepts, but all sort of revolving around the anchor, which is that that critic choice thing. And I I know you've applied for a ballot because you told me. I have. I'm I'm I, I, I have. And I'm a. A big fan of the Critics' Choice section of the event. Let's go with that, since there's multiple sections that are all handled differently. I'm just going to call it an event. Do you think different games will win versus what will be chosen for the best ofs out of the Twippies? See, that's what I'm curious about. That's why I've always wanted a Critics' Choice. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think I could see it. I could really see it having 
because there's going to be stuff that's, uh, might be less flashy and less, uh, grabby of your attention, but is better actually playing and such that might take awards away that you wouldn't see in the Twippies. If you understand what I, I I'm meaning. I, I'm wondering about if the media will, and this is obviously, this is my, my theory. My theory is the media will give a fairer shake than the public at large to the less produced games. That's what, now whether or not that manifests in different results or not, I have absolutely no idea. But that's what I think is so interesting about it. Uh, just like if there was, and this would not be something I would tack onto the Pinball Industry Awards or on the onto the Twippies or onto any existing award model, but for example, I think it would be really interesting if there was an operator-oriented award set up where operators were the voters, and do they make different choices? That's what's so interesting about when you slice things in different ways, and that's what I'm curious about. Yeah, is, that now that one could be very interesting too. Sure, sure, but I, I think it'd need to stand alone, and that's part of the you know, uh, uh, there's not been a whole ton of criticism really online, other than the "Do we need another award?" and the answer is no, we don't. We don't need any awards, so you know. Yeah. See, I don't mind this because this is a different style of award. I, I mean, I mean, I'll be flat out like, 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 I'm not a fan of the whole excellence awards. It's very nebulous, and given that it's being chosen by TPN people, obviously that's a level of exclusivity that's not oriented around a, a, like a critic category. See, I could, I, I mean, I mean, and the fact that they're, they're happening at the same time in the same event is weird to me because wouldn't you have it just be your judging panel then for that too? Instead, it feels like this is something designed to be more, even more exclusive. Let's put it that way. Something that it will be more allowable for people to, uh, close out and block off stuff based around personal personal animosities as it were uh seems a little no bueno to me but it's not my it's not my system i didn't put it together i think just having them both at the same time in the same place is disingenuous it was not my recommendation but I didn't win every vote. So we'll see how it works out if people are able to like it. I, I get some efficiency reasons for combining them in in ceremony purposes. I don't know still why we're doing it exactly the way we are. I, I, but I mean, here's the thing. Is the whole ceremony and everything, is it going to be live or is it going to be pre-recorded and released? Uh, this year, pre-recorded and released. If it's going to be pre-recorded and released then if it's just about getting people together and doing everything, it can all be done in a run, but that doesn't mean it all has to be released as one giant single item. I don't know. I just think it's weird to have it organized how it's organized. That's but a good point. Then I'm not one of the organizers, so I think it's weird how the Twippies are organized in a lot of ways, and we've talked about that in the past, how there's whole segments in the Twippies I think just flat shouldn't exist. So... Yeah, there, well, I think we'll we'll get a lot of critiques on what doesn't work with it from this first go, and then we can hopefully make some adjustments. But uh, I'm just noting we weren't all in agreement on things. Uh, some things I won on, some things I didn't. My, I've been pretty transparent. I think that my bias 
has been towards focusing on what I consider the main aspect, which is the Critic Choice Awards. And I am pretty pleased with how that ultimately turned out in terms of the criteria to be judges and the ballot approach. I No, no, I really like that. I'm really section. happy with where that ended up. And that's what I was interested in. And so unfortunately, I've been so busy with work. That's most of that I laid out months ago. And other than some minor revisions to like the criteria uh, that others weighed in on, it's pretty much as I envisioned it. And I admittedly stayed relatively hands off on the other aspects because I've just been too busy. And I, if people felt strongly about it, I'm like, hey, you want to try it out and see if it works? Uh, you know, I have some, I'm, I'm skeptical in some ways, but I get what you're going for. So, you know, good luck. Yeah. I mean, none of it offends me. None of it I don't think is, is a, a big deal. There might be some like, if, you know, if Excellence Awards ends up going to, to TPN people, people will probably say, hey, look, you're giving yourselves awards. Aren't you proud? And it's like, OK, <laughs> hey, hey, that's a, I'm just saying that's a landmine that's really easy to see. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, oh, no, it was one of the first landmines I saw until I learned more about it. And then I started seeing all the other ones. So we'll we'll see. We'll see ultimately when the when the process is because obviously we haven't walked through. We haven't uh, done this process before. We haven't done a dry run on it. So we'll see if we uh, end up stepping on that landmine or if we take some uh, steps to, to avoid them. We will have to wait and see, as they say. But anyway, so that's a new thing. Uh, and I, I'm, we'll still, uh, mention, I mean, I'm still a big fan of the Twippies. I like what Jeff's done. I like a lot of the changes they've been doing. The only reason for those that are curious if they suspected anything that we didn't mention the pre-Twippy voting is it opened and closed between our episodes. So we didn't have an opportunity to share a link. But, um, yeah, uh, I do plan to share one when the final ballot is out because that will be open long enough that that shouldn't be a problem for us if it works like it typically has. Which is, I think, voting for most, if not all, of January, and then that award ceremony will be in March, like uh, like it usually is. So, though I guess it will be recorded now that there's no Texas Pinball Festival, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, maybe they'll do it live. Uh, speaking of live, have you ever seen Led Zeppelin live in concert, Tony? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, uh, you can now play their pinball machine live in your home. Well, no, you probably couldn't because they only made a few pros so far, and they focused on operators that are actually still operating but in theory you could get Which, the hey the, the, i i'm actually kind of okay with that considering the damage the industry has taken this year i don't really have issues with them putting it out to try and shore that up they did that at least one other time where they did a really really small run of pros uh i can't remember which game it was uh, but then, then, then they moved on, uh, right away and then eventually went back to the pros and they had focused on operators. So I guess they, they like that approach. I don't know. Uh, obviously the big issue, and we've touched on it repeatedly throughout this year of DMCA, but unfortunately, a lot of people that tried to watch the dead flip reveal, which was actually streamed on Facebook to try and uh, circumvent DMCA issues, uh, or at least punishments that Twitch would implement. Uh, and that was on the Stern Facebook page, but it was hosted by Jack Danger of Deadflip. Unfortunately, for many in the U.S., the stream was taken down right away. And if you want to watch the footage, you have to sign up to be a Stern Insider and go to the Stern website and play it there, which I have not bothered doing. So I did no. watch a little bit of video, but most of my experience with Led Zeppelin has been from the still photos. Uh, I am in the exact same boat as you, and I think this is the sort of thing that people need to get used to because it's going to get worse not better so 
I just wondered if you wanted to share any preliminary thoughts on on Led Zeppelin. I've already talked about it on another podcast, and I don't know if I want to repeat myself much here. But here, let, here, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the old Johnny Carson thing. Hold the card up to my head. Let's see. Dennis said he doesn't like the artwork on the pro, and he doesn't like the artwork on the LE. And I agree. I think they're terrible. Oh, they're so bad. I don't. I expected a lot more art wise than what we actually ended up getting. Yeah. I, um, I mean, my, my nutshell whole game summary is yeah, the, I don't like the art. Uh, Playfield art's okay, but, uh, yeah, hate the pro. Absolutely hate the pro. Don't just hate the pro art. Don't like the pro layout. Uh, I think that hermit target instead of the warp ramp being a ramp looks suspiciously mm-hmm. clunky. I, uh, and I, it's like everything I would have expected to see when I was told it's a Steve Ritchie with three flippers. And so I was, I was disappointed that I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <sighs> the fact that the best I can say, is that the premium art is all right. And the pro and LE art is horrible. The, the game, I haven't seen enough. I don't know how it's going to play. I, I, I agree with you that the pro does not look to have the same level of fun that the others will have. But I can't even judge any of that because I've not seen any play video really. Um, so I just have pictures to go on and what other people have said. And that is one of those things that I try to avoid going on. I think so soon after the beautiful theme integration and, and art and everything that was GNR, considering Zeppelin is so much bigger to me than GNR uh, is really disappointing. Yeah, I think, you know, it's like, once again, Steve Ritchie got stuck with the license where there's no flexibility and, and here you'll use a bunch of album art and you'll like it. And that's what you can do. And no, it's just one of those things was like, well, Hey, we gave you black Knight. You had total control. Now it's not, now you have to go into the full, here's the straight jacket lockdown. Oh, and he probably thing. is a big, I know he's a big music guy. He's probably a huge Led Zeppelin fan. So I wouldn't be surprised if he volunteered f- for the theme itself. It's just, yeah, it sort of seems to be his fate, as you noted, Black Knight as an exception. Uh, mm-hmm. From the gameplay, yeah, I, it looks like it's a flow fest, which I would love, other than the pro with that shot. So the premium actually looks more flowy, which is atypical for a Richie, but not I mean, I don't think it's necessarily unheard of. It's not a a deal breaker. Ultimately, the rules sound very combo oriented, uh, which sound fun. I mean, the game sounds fun. It's just there's so many other flow games that I can pick from that are fun, too, that I could get a pro and not feel like I got cheated out of my flow. Yeah. And that's my I hate to blame it all on one ramp going away, but it's just so strict. I mean. Yeah, what I do like, uh, besides that it does look, even the pro overall, compared to a number of games, is you 
You do have Richie Flow. It looks fast. The rules sound fun. I don't fully understand those yet, though. So, you know, the caveat noted there. Uh, the lighting system that they routed into the cabinet, uh, that does look cool. I don't think it looks Hot Rails uh, GNR cool, but it does look it does look good. And it is nice that you have the option to add it onto the Pro, though, again, it's not there because nothing's there on the Pro. Um, it's just, yeah, I just, I wasn't expecting a whole lot. Uh, uh, the, the video assets look cool, kind of acid trip style approach that they went with the live footage. I think that looks cool. Uh, you know, of course, if you like Led Zeppelin, the sound's probably great for you. I like Obviously. Led Zeppelin fine, but, um, it's like, well, whatever. I'm sure a lot of people are upset that Stairway to Heaven's not in the game. I, you know, I think you're probably right. I just don't understand. I mean, it's not like they can put every song in, but but it's again, their most famous, most successful song. <laughs> it's from the it's from album four, their best selling album, seventh best selling album of of any album ever. Uh, I mean, it's Stairway. True. Is it going to be with the topper? You know, DLC. It wouldn't surprise me. For them to, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, if you want stairway, you got to get the $2,000 stairway topper. Topper's already confirmed at 850 Tony. Well, no, 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 no. That's the topper they've already announced. Oh. When they announce a second topper in a year's time that comes with special, extra special game modes, mm. that one will be 2000 well, that, that's a fair point. It, it'll it'll latch on to the top of the topper you already have, so you can have double top toppers. Wow! You can have the topper and the tippity top topper, which adds extra modes for just an extra two thousand dollars. Hmm. You know, I thought about starting a mod company where I would just design tiny hats for toppers. <laughs> tiny top hats for toppers. Yeah, they'd be adorable. But I, sit there? I, but I don't know if I'm allowed to under these new EULA <laughs> statements from Stern. So what? I don't know. Uh, um, I think based upon how they look, I don't think you're allowed to do much of anything. So uh, that was my subtle transition here to another Stern topic. Uh, been a buzz. The Internet's been a glow with with fear and and sorrow as we've seen a variety of EULA statements coming out uh, that people are seeing with Stern. First, there was people downloading game code where the game code required an EULA, EULA agreement specifying that you would not stream the game without Stern's in, uh, permission. I tried and checked that yesterday and it was no longer popping up in EULA when I tried to download any software. So, and I had heard that they have temporarily taken that down, but that will probably be be back in the new year, maybe restructured it a little bit because I guess purportedly Stern didn't actually want every single person on Twitch emailing them, asking them for permission. So <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming this is, this aspect is just a, you know, cover your butt sort of thing where they don't want to be held responsible for people violating a license agreement by going online with something that they had the license to sell you, but they didn't get a license to broadcast it. Right. Which, I mean, that's just the kind of typical CYA thing that I have no problems understanding, especially with how hard DMCA strikes have been hitting lately. Uh, in all facets of the streaming community. I was just surprised at how it was phrased. Like, why didn't they? I've seen so many disclaimers 
you know, there's disclaimers on all sorts of stuff. Like you only use this as the as the manual specifies. This you do not have the you know you're not entitled to rebroadcast that. You know, they but instead they said they they somehow have the ability to give you permission. I feel like that is literally a cover for them to have for their releases and for their uh, um, in-house people uh, that they can say, Hey, we did this for this reason. And it might be something worked into a license or uh, elsewhere. I feel like that's the kind of thing that that was. Hmm. I just don't see why they would need it then. I mean, if they're streaming it, that's separate from whatever end user agreement because they're not the user, they're the manufacturer. They have a whole different set of rules. Well, it depends upon, I think that would depend upon how they're uh, viewing the streaming and the setup and everything. If it's, I mean, if it's them directly or if it's versus someone that they give direct permission to, but... But why I don't does know. It, I think again, the way why does it need to be in the end user agreement? They if, let's say all right, let's we know what we're talking about. We're talking about Jack Danger with Deadflip. So can't they just though have a contract with him that specifies here? We give you permission. We don't need to mention that you have special permission in our EULA. They just give him an they, he gets a separate agreement, no problem. But this gives them flexibility to give permission to other people. But they always have that flexibility, regardless of what's in the end user agreement. The contract would always trump such an agreement. Right, but it doesn't necessarily have to be something where they're working with somebody in contract. It could be something where they're just wanting the ability to hand it out to somebody else just because they're friends or something. Uh, I mean, it's just a guess. I, I, I don't, I don't know why. I think the big thing is it's a CYA. I think it's because if you do the wording the right way, you don't have to worry so much. And when a licensor comes back, yelling at you you're like well we didn't tell them they could they just chose to do it go talk to them i get i don't know i just think it's a really i don't know way. I, they have the ability to grant special permissions without covering it in the eula so i don't know why they invited people to contact them in the eula i think it was a huge mistake i think that's why they took it down is i think that they got flooded with requests oh i wouldn't be surprised not and i'd love to see if, how it's reworded when it comes back out because mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised that that whole section is completely redone yeah no i would not be either now separate from that we've also been seeing a lot of what kind of relates to that gary stern interview i believe on the super awesome pinball show regarding the crackdown on modification and we've been getting a lot of examples screenshots sent to us have we not tony Yes, we have, as as recently as like 45 minutes ago. And I'm going to say this stuff looks like it will have the bigger impact, because I, I do agree with you. I think the EUL is going to be recrafted regarding the streaming aspect. And as a, as a CYA, they're not really going to do a lot. On this other stuff about developing or distributing un- unauthorized content or unauthorized software, there's a lot more potential for crackdown here. I, yeah. I think there is, and I think especially since a lot of it seems to be laid out based around their uh, online platform of whatever kind that is coming at some unknown point in the future, uh, I think it's definitely this will be the areas where they're doing the 
actual shots and takedowns and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, uh, and I can see, you know, we, we do know a number of people have, uh, developed video and audio assets that are replacement software packages. Those clearly are in violation of this. There's also, uh, things like the, you know, the pen browser where people change out the music even, I mean, just there's a lot of stuff that's going to fall under this. So we're going to have to see how draconian they get with the crackdown on this stuff. But there's some pretty rampant violations uh, that are going on based off of this new language that uh, I could see definitely are going to run into a problem. Uh, I'm also curious about the mod com- mod companies. And I still think that by and large, you would say, well, generic mods aren't going to run a, like a DMCA license issue. But if these, you know, most of them, integrate into the hardware in some way like they're latching on to a lamp string to get power and yeah and those could be those could be iffy i think any of the the mods that go in and directly make adjustments so you're uh uh to the hardware or add so you know adding extra speakers adding headphone jacks making changes to screens and stuff obviously anything that even touches the software in any way shape or form i think those are all going to be hit i mean it might be to the point where you're down to the only kind of mods you see are 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 the ones that don't even tie into a light they're just a physical there thing unless they consider me set, uh, setting a, a, a stuffed animal on top of my machine a mod well, the thing is, some of that, while they might be making statements that fall in that realm, I'm not sure how legally enforceable some of that is. Because the right for, we're not leasing these games. We own them. So given once you own something, your ability for to- For now. For now, yes. Uh, we've seen changes could, on software. They could make, they could, yeah, I mean, they could make the argument on the software. And that's what most of the argument examples I've seen from their, the quotes from their, from their documentation are mostly about software. And I, I, it, I could see that physical mods, though, if it's not, you know, if it doesn't say uh, Batman on it, for example, and it's a thing and you add it on the mod company isn't adding it on there for you. You as the end user are if you're violating your end user agreement, I could see it voiding your warranty. You know, if you short out your power well, supply. but to be I mean, in this day and age. There is no reason that they couldn't shut your machine off if it could detect it sure i could right if it could detect it or if they chose to there's no reason they couldn't just hit the button and your machine's turned off that's just one of those things that's possible with the machines being so completely software dependent uh just like with anything else i mean the same thing could happen with your car or it could happen with anything that's massively software dependent is it could be just shut off remotely. Yeah. The, the, the issue I'm having though, is that their ability to do that and the legality of being able to do it are two different items. Right. And, and the big thing there is going to be the difference in uh, owning versus leasing. And with so many States that have started, uh, codifying laws to protect uh stuff like that and like the right to repair and codifying the difference between actually owning and leasing something we will start to see a lot of differences because of that 
Because, yeah, I mean, if you own it, you should be able to do whatever you want to it. But again, we're just not at yeah. this point. We're just not sure what they're going for here. I, I think it's most again, I think it's mostly about not wanting their software modified, especially as they move into the online realm, coupled with this uh, crackdown because of the anger from the licensors as uh, pinball has become more and more popular regarding those that are making very clear IP infringing mods and selling them. That's what I think the focus is. But of course, when we see these things in the very broad in their language, people get understandably very concerned that you're going to start going after the little guy, modifying their own personal property. That's going to be the big interesting thing. Because I recall that happened, that kind of thing kind of blew up with um, John Deere not that long ago, where they were reducing... Uh, like, like you weren't even allowed to like fix stuff because, oh, you leased it. So it had to go to a John Deere tech, uh, and, uh, you couldn't do any repairs without it being done by a licensed certified John Deere tech or else it violated everything and they'd come pick it up. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that kind of reminds me of Monsanto and their, uh, their seed rules too. They get you to agree that you won't, uh, you won't save the seed to, to you won't, uh, you won't save seeds from plants you've grown to replant. You have to buy the seeds every time. Yeah. Insanity like that. Cause that's what that is. That's just flat insane. In my opinion, in my non-lawyer, non-corporate opinion. But I, and if that's the model that's being gone for here, I will just, I will simply advise, bear in mind, uh, Monsanto actually has really skilled lawyers that helped craft how they could do that nonsense. So be yeah. care- be careful. Don't buy seeds from Monsanto. And some farmers aren't, even though uh, <laughs> the like the pest and drought resistance of them make them very attractive. But there are plenty of land grant colleges that have come up with essentially public domain seed options that are at least somewhat resistant. So, but that's it for f- the farming eclectic podcast. Um, <laughs> Let's go ahead and just hop into our year in review. I God, I don't know if I want to. There's not much to celebrate with this year. I feel. Hey, I've already told you my game of the year. So that's true. You did. Um, just in terms of quick highlights, uh, the I think obviously the impact of coronavirus has been, I believe, most explicitly felt by those that have been operating pinball machines. We've heard of a number of locations closing down. I'd say. The biggest shocker uh, and largest thing to be shut down would be replay FX in Pinburg, which was yes. all that long ago, as collateral damage from the coronavirus. Um, I've heard that home ownership has been going up, though. And other than that lull in the early shutdown period of that sort of March through May timeframe, the pinball manufacturers have still been pretty much as busy as usual. I mean, we saw Heist come out of Multimorphic. We saw Hot Wheels come out of American Pinball. Stern Pinball put out Turtles, Avengers, and uh, now Led Zeppelin. Uh, Jersey Jack got out Guns N' Roses. Uh, Celts, I believe, was officially uh, released at this uh, at this stage. And sales are ongoing for Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland from Deep Root. So, I mean, the only thing... On the manufacturer front is I had heard that Chicago Gaming was putting out a remake this year, and they clearly haven't. So that's the only one that I'm aware of that missed their mark. Considering what we thought in you know April and May, they've done a lot better than I expected. I expected the industry to take a bigger hit. 
than uh, the manufacturers. Let's put it this way. I expected the manufacturers to have taken a larger hit than actually appears to have happened. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm the same, incidentally. I, th- I think uh, when I think when I say industry, I'm thinking manufacturers because they're the ones actually industrial building things. So Correct. Um, so, I mean, I I think that's a pretty good – I we I can't – there weren't really any tournaments or anything. There's not much else to talk about with pinball. It's just no, been No, I mean, I've not played sales. any of those games because I've not purchased any of them and had them delivered to my home. So, uh, I've not gone anywhere since the uh, – since March that had pinball and played – um, it's just been a weird year. It has. Well, we'll just go ahead and move over to video games then, because that's what we can do. So, Cyberpunk. Yay! Cyberpunk. Yeah. Cyberpunk is having its share of issues, whether with being pulled from the PlayStation Store and a variety of other um, negative strikes that it has taken uh, online. And that includes now there's a couple of class action suits being put together targeting CD Projekt Red and their parent company over uh, their lack of disclosure of how buggy the game was and how it was virtually unplayable on PS4 and Xbox One and how that affected um, investors. Well, we I had remembered reading that there were people threatening to do this, but I guess it's yeah, finally been filed. There, yeah, there's been, a, there's been one filed so far that has not been accepted by the courts yet, and there's been a couple of others that are being put together internationally. So we don't know yet how far any of these will go because if it hasn't even been accepted by the courts yet, it's entirely possible that it won't be accepted by the court. They'll just be tossed out. But this is a big step up from people talking about it to actually moving towards a possibly very damaging uh, run on... CD Projekt Red, uh, they kind of got themselves in a really bad place. And I honestly think it's a hundred percent their fault. Um, because in January of 2020, they were talking about the game being fully playable and functional and everything worked. They were just cleaning up story stuff and they were just this and that. Which then was changed to, oh, we're just pushing it back to put a little polish on it. To push it back to put a little polish on it. To push it back yet again. Just to do some tweaks to the uh, playability on PS4 and Xbox One. And then what we got coming out and how it played on PS4 and Xbox One makes me wonder how they got it as far as they did saying it just needed little tweaks. Yeah. Um, it makes it look like they lied. Well, everything they, everything they've done this year has flat out been lies because remember there wasn't going to be a crunch. 
They mm. promised their, their their developers there would be no crunch, and there was a crunch that lasted for the whole year. People started crunching early in 2020. Yep. Yeah. It has not been a good showing for CD Projekt Red. They are not rock stars. Witcher was super popular, but they are still not Rockstar. Nope. So they can't have the passes that Rockstar apparently has. Well, you know, I, and I think if you were to, and this is my guess, but if you were to ask a Rockstar person about, you know, saying this and pointing this out and saying, they're not, why aren't they, why aren't they Rockstar, Rockstar? And Rockstar would say, because we wouldn't have released it. Yeah. And I, that's the thing is, I think they would have taken a huge publicity hit if they hadn't, if they had pushed it back farther. But at the same time, I think in the end, everything would have been better if they hadn't talked about this game being done in January. Yeah, Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it would have been, yeah, I agree with you. Total huge PR hit of their own making. They chose to give release dates that they then missed. Yeah. They could have waited until it was ready and then given a release date. And when they did, when they did push the games back, they weren't pushing the game back, saying, "Hey, hey we found we found an issue and we've got to fix some issues." They were saying, "Oh no, this game's completely playable. We just want to polish it to put out a perfect game. We want to put out the best game possible." And then to see that for a year before they dropped what they actually dropped on us just feels like nothing. But uh, lies, lies, lies and deceit, and they hurt their standing. That cyberpunk hurt their standing. the 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 game I've not had the issues other people have had. Uh, I've had I've had no crashes. I've only had a few bugs that are have been very minor. But I'm playing on a high-end PC, and most of the complaints I've heard aren't coming from high-end PCs. They're coming from the consoles and low- to mid-range PCs. Uh, Plebes. All of them. (laughs) That's the problem. Get better, noob. (laughs) Get good. (laughs) Get good. Now, I do find it hilarious that you would think that the system that would have been easiest for them to set everything up for the PS4s and Xbox Ones because they've known the exact specs on those systems forever. That's what confuses people. They could have people. built around the specs. Yeah, there's... And it shouldn't have had any issues. There's no... That's the that's the challenge. There's no excuse for them not being optimized to last-gen consoles because they started development when last-gen consoles were what were available. Right. I mean, it makes no sense... In, I mean, unless they literally poured everything into making it with everything, all the design was designed around top of the line PCs. And then it basically was doing, and we're going to release what amounts to an internal port. And they tried to do it all at the same, they, they did everything around the PC and then they tried to port it. And that's what the, everything's been over this last year is trying to port it down to other stuff. Well, and that's, I mean, I know, and I know it frustrates PC people, but there's a reason why usually the crappy ports are on PC because the big sales are coming from the console side and it's just right. easier to design to that and then shift it to PC than, I mean, 
Because otherwise you get this where it's like, okay, well, if you have a, a God tier PC, no problem. And now everyone else is pissed and they're all using the same hardware. So you just look like, mm-hmm. uh, you just look like a dip for not figuring right. it out. Right. And, the, and I think that's part of their, they've had so many issues. The question going forward is how badly has CD project red hurt themselves? Because up until now, they were one of the darlings. They were, I mean, they'd taken the slot over from Blizzard, basically, of being a darling of the community. Hmm. And now what's left? Rockstar? Uh, yeah. I mean, EA's I mean, hated. Blizzard has shifted so much to Atari that they're hated. And, and or not Atari, Activision, that they're hated. Uh, Bethesda has not had a good, like, two years, three years. Uh, and they were known for games being buggy messes when they come out, when they, right when they came out, but it's gotten so bad over the last few years that they're in even worse shape than they were normally. I don't know. Yep. We'll have to wait longer term to, it's the only way. Uh, see how CD Projekt Red navigates their patches. And I mean, the one thing going for them is they still sold a lot of games and they did. And they, they even from what I've read, even with all of the returns and the, and the, uh, PS4 pull, it's paid for. The game is paid for. Mm-hmm. So ultimately corporate survival, I don't think that at is- issue here. It's a question of no. what will the reception be for their next game? Right. That that seems to be what we're looking at is how good or how bad will that be? Well, we'll have to see. We will. So, here in review for video games. Um, what are your thoughts? Esports were really different. I'll tell you that. Esports were really different. Um, I will be the first person to admit I'm not the hugest esport person. The only esports I ever really paid a lot of attention to was the Overwatch League, and I didn't watch a ton of it this year compared to normal. Normally, I would try. I watched between half and three quarters of the entire season, and I was well under half this year. Uh, part of that being because with all the changes most of the games I wanted to watch started airing at like two in the morning. Mm, yeah, and, and part of that, and part of it was because of just the fact that there for a while, you never really knew when the matches would be or how they would be. And there was some real weird stuff. They'd already had some serious issues coming into this season. Uh, with their changes from Twitch to YouTube, uh, and with their changes in their production staff that was caused them to be way less polished than they had been even last year. But 2020 did not help them and didn't help any of the other esports. I know, uh, League of Legends and Dota, they all had huge pauses and shutdowns and, and, um, most of the fighting game tournaments were just gone this year. Uh, just like pretty much, pretty much, pretty much all of the, uh, conventions and big things that were canceled this year. That, that deeply affected the tournament scene for video games across the board. 
Yeah, I, I mean, to me, definitely the change up on the esports, which uh, again, Overwatch League is pretty much the only one I I watch. I watched less of it than I had. Again, similar issues to you. My team was over in the Pacific uh, region, so I couldn't usually be up in time. Uh, and <laughs> which, like me, made no sense because your team is New York and mine was London. Yet they both became Pacific yeah. region teams. That, that, thank, thanks, COVID. Uh, the, other, the other big thing: uh, E three, no E three. No E3, which honestly was less of a surprise because we've been talking for years about E3's slow, inevitable death, that we're just watching it kind of slouch along towards either completely reinventing itself or finally going away. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really feel the loss of E3 that much at all. Uh, I only did not in the terms of the event, but because it was known E3 wasn't going to happen, the game announcements really dispersed a lot more than even just like really being clustered around that one month, it felt like. So it didn't seem like there was this huge surge of gaming news until arguably the game awards here a few weeks ago, where I yeah. learned about some new titles because of the trailers that they air during that award show. And you know, not a but yeah, not a biggie, but just something notable. E three was one of my few kind of touchstone elements. Still, even as as weak as it has become, it's still something I'm always sort of like, yes, this will be you know, like well, we this was the first time, first year where we've done this podcast where we did not have an entirely only video game oriented around E three esque announcements. That's true because That's there wasn't one of our the news was dispersed, right. And because normally the that E three episode we have typically at least one, if not a lot more than that, guest host, and we do fairly large, and they tend to be some of our longer episodes. Yep, because there's usually just so much meat to cover. I mean, so many games, uh, and it's just it was just different, just different. But yeah, that. That and the esports, I'd say, are the are the big noteworthies. Otherwise, yeah, relatively quiet year for. Uh, we have two new two new console releases and no games for them. Yeah, a lot of games got pushed back, not just for the new console releases, but just period as people shifted to a work from home style, uh, uh, job design, uh, but. The games that did come out were the normal mix of good games and horrible games and games that were expected to be smash hits that just smashed. Um, looking at you, Avengers. No, poor Avengers, yeah. <laughs> oh, poor Avengers. Yeah, they did okay with their so Final Fantasy VII remake, so I'm not going to give them too much pity. No. They tried and and, and failed. To be what they hoped to be, but that's how it goes sometimes. The stay-at-home um, fads, uh, you know, uh, Among Us, and uh, what's the one with the people getting knocked down? Fall Guys. Fall Guys. Yeah. Hey, I I went through a phase. Some could say I'm still kind of in the phase, but I went through a phase where I would basically turn on one of two or three different streamers who streamed primarily among us on like saturday morning and i would just watch i would just have among us streams as background noise all day long on on christmas uh when we were wrapping up our, our zoom call my niece would said in the background i heard her tell 
my sister, hey, after we're done, can we can go and we can play Among Us. And so I just said, that sounds kind of sus. And then, of course, she thought <laughs> I was super clever for saying that. So. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a I'm, smart uncle now. Both my both my daughters play Among Us. So, I mean, they played my my uh, my oldest uh, got a Steam gift card as one of her items for Christmas, and the first thing she bought with it was Among Us, so she could play it on the computer instead of on the phone. And Tales of Vesperia mm. because she wanted to play a uh, weeb uh, RPG. Yep. Hey, that one's been that one's probably a popular one. I've never yep. played it though. I played a little bit of it uh, at one point in time, but yeah, it's been an interesting year all in all. Uh, the fact that one that Among Us has been one of the highest and most streamed games this year on Twitch, and it's a game that came out years ago, is hilarious to me, and shows that with all the DMCA stuff that's been happening on Twitch and in streaming in general, that for the actual game developers, streaming is still a great thing for them. Yeah. As long as they can set things up for, uh, so that there's not stuff inside the game that will necessarily get the streamers taken out. Uh, like, Again, Cyberpunk's got a Twitch mode. Several other games have done streamer modes that make adjustments to the UIs and stuff for streaming purposes. Um, but I think that's been, in video games, the biggest thing has been the DMCA strikes that have been hitting Twitch since June. Yeah. And uh, interestingly, something totally unrelated to COVID, just part of the process yeah. that finally has struck well, Twitch. Yes. I, I do wonder if this isn't something that has been building and then it, the fact that the number of people watching Twitch has skyrocketed so much just pushed it into overdrive or if it was just something building. I don't know. It could be a mix of both. That's a good point. I mean, we know YouTube and Facebook had to deal with this before, so I think it was inevitable. But uh, Right. But would YouTube it have been Facebook, this fast? I don't know. Right. Yeah, because YouTube and Facebook both – have dealt with this for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. And Twitch just kind of acted, they're like, well, nobody said anything, so we're just going to pretend that it's not real. Yay! Magic dust! And the sad thing is, is I honestly still prefer uh, Twitch's layout, setups, UIs, and everything for finding streamers over YouTube or Facebook gaming. Hmm. Uh, I, I, I think it's a lot easier to find people playing with something you want to see specific playing and find specific people on Twitch than it is on YouTube gaming or on the Facebook streaming. Um, but I don't know if that's just because it's what I'm used to or if it's because it's actually easier. But I watch people on all, all well, I watch one person on Facebook and I've not watched them in a long time because I always forget about them because I don't do anything on Facebook. Uh, but it's interesting to me to see how that will shake out over the coming year and beyond and how much damage Twitch is going to take and then how many, how many people are going to be so deeply affected 
uh, on Twitch. Yeah. It's another thing we will have to keep our eyes on. Question for you. Sure. How many games that came out this year did you play this year? One, Cyberpunk. Okay. That's what I figured. I will say, of the games that came out this year, since I've played more than one, probably less than five, I will say, it'd be probably just over five, but um, my favorite of the year that came out this year is going to be Hades. Mm. And I've not talked about it a whole lot on the podcast. Um, I seem to recall mentioning at one time that it's a roguelike, uh, hack and slash that is very Greek, uh, God themed. The art is beautiful on this game. And if you get a chance to get it at a decent price or to give it a try, uh, I highly recommend it. I know it's available not just on PC where I play it. It's also on Switch. And I'm not sure where else it's available. Those might be the only ones. I didn't think it was on the other consoles, but I'm not certain. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't think so. Uh, but I know it's on Switch and PC. Hmm? Uh, it won Switch, Game of the Year OS, Windows, from some places. Yeah, not from the Game Awards, but it did win Game of the Year from some other awards. Right, and I definitely think it it, it deserves the place. Yeah, it was a nominee, even in the... Not that the Game Awards are the awards. See, once again, this is why multiple awards make sense, because different criteria uh, went out, right. depending on what you're... Uh, well, it's just was. like, you can have the argument is, when do you consider Hades released? Do you consider Hades released when it released? Or do you consider Hades released when it entered early access? Oh gosh, I don't like that debate. I've I remember that debate for so many things, and that's a that's something each uh, company or awards team has to wrestle with and how they want to manage it. Because I remember seeing that when Kerbal Space Program had won indie game thing, and I'm like, but Kerbal's been out for like seven or eight years, and it was because oh, it came out of early access this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. So interesting. We'll see. Well, that's 2020 for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's. We, you know, it's amazing. This might be. I know our wrap up, our yearly wrap up episodes are always kind of short. Mm-hmm. But this is short even for one of those. That's just the kind of year 2020s. Well, yeah. We didn't go to any conventions because they were all canceled. Yeah. We're not going to any conventions next year because they're all canceled. Seems that way, at least for the first half of the year. At least for the first half of the year. Well, the only ones that were ever on our list were one of them's completely gone now, and we already know that Texas is canceled. I might contemplate, if it doesn't conflict with another meeting, I might contemplate Pinball Expo. It's the same distance drive as Frisco, so. Yeah, and I I could see it. I know we've talked about it, that one in the past. It was just it was never on our high up on no, the list. No, it wasn't. Because it wasn't. But it's just, but now it, it might be by the could that go the list very is high on the list. Yeah. Wow, look, it's the only thing happening this year. So congratulations, it's on the list. <laughs> You're on the list. Yeah. 
Why am I the only person here? Well, it was a short list. Mm-hmm. Well, if you'd like so. to write to us about our list, you can contact us at collectedgamerspodcast.gmail.com or on facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. We're available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers, though at least the Instagram has been dead this year because <laughs> we don't – it's hard to post pictures of doing stuff when you don't go anywhere and do anything. That's true. That makes it hard. Life is hard. So. But we'll uh, talk again with everyone in 2021. See you then. Goodbye.